0: Hola, everybody. Bonjour. This is Jill Lowe and Hippie from Hippie Serptopia.
1: A.K.A. Jill and Michael from Mesa, Arizona.
0: You're listening to So Much Perfectly Wonderful Pingle Podcast with Doc Ping.
1: Roughly translated, that's the So Much Pingle Podcast by Mike Pingleton. Enjoy, y'all. Peace. Peace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. It's great to be talking with you all again, and I hope each and every one of you remains safe and healthy. It's a rainy day here in East Central Illinois, and rain means that today is podcast day, which is a good day to get some things done with intros and outros and episode edits. And plus, we get a little break from the summer heat in the meantime. So here we go with episode 11. Now, a while back, I jumped in my little Hyundai Tucson, and I drove due west for about 15 hours to eastern Colorado, because that's how we do, right? We Driving is in and flying is out. And I went out there to participate in the Co-Park Herp Survey of Otero County. And I drove all that way for a number of reasons. First of all, I love Herp Surveys. And I got to see some old friends and make a few new ones too. And it was also a chance for me to return to an area that on the surface may look a lot like a, a hot and bleak expanse of grassland, but there's a lot more to that area than meets the eye. Back in 2007, I went out to Boulder, Colorado for a work-related meeting. And my standard practice back then was to work some extra days into any business trip provided the area was pretty cool, and to do some herping or hiking or, you know, usually both. And while searching for interesting things to do out there, I ran across a reference to a dinosaur trackway in a place called Picketwire Canyon, which is located within the Comanche National Grasslands in Otero County. I mean, who doesn't want to see dinosaur footprints, right? So I drove east and I managed to find the place and I hiked down into the canyon And it was July, so I brought a lot of water with me, and I drank every bit of it, too. But it was an awesome experience. Uh, Hiking into the canyon, I found pictographs and artifacts left by, you know, ancient peoples who lived there a long time ago. And I saw tombstones and the ruins of buildings left by somewhat more recent inhabitants. And at the end of it all, at the bottom, the dinosaur trackways along the banks of the Purgatoire River, which was amazing. There were footprints of sauropods and theropods, most of which were made by brontosaurs and allosaurs, and the little dino-loving kid inside me was very happy. And I believe this strata is part of the Jurassic Morrison Formation, which is famous for dino fossils in a number of places out west. And I later learned that this set of trackways along the Purgatoire is the largest assembly of dino tracks in the world, which is pretty cool. And of course, I herped and I found bull snakes along the way there, and I also got a nice Texas horn lizard right next to a brontosaur footprint. And it was such an awesome experience that I wrote an article about it for the now defunct IRCF magazine. I think that's International Reptile Conservation Foundation. And there was another element to this experience. As it stands right now, it's kind of difficult to isolate yourself in North America, especially in the eastern portion. And in most places, chances are there's somebody else around, or close by, or there's a plane overhead, or truck noise from the highway 10 miles away, and and things like that. But hiking down in that canyon, I didn't see or hear anyone else for the entire day, and that includes airplanes. And I was pretty sure that I was the only human being for miles around, which is pretty cool, but at the same time, it was a dumb thing to do. I mean, nobody knew where I was exactly, and a broken leg or some other accident could have resulted in me ending up as coyote poop. So not the smartest thing I've ever done, but I'm glad that I did it, and the next time I go, I'll bring some friends. So I was happy to get back to the grasslands area and to participate in another herb survey. And I've done a lot of herb surveys over the years, and if you've never done one, Surveys and bioblitzes are great ways to meet up with biologists, and naturalists, and other like-minded people, and to see some interesting herbs and other critters, and while helping to conserve and understand them. But I had a great time, and I recorded this interview with Tim Warfel and Hunter Johnson on the last morning of the survey before everyone went home. And we sat at a picnic shelter near Vogel Canyon in the Comanche National Grasslands, And we talked about the survey and the surprising number of herbs found in the area and plenty of other things as well. It was pretty windy and some of that got picked up on our microphones. So if you want the full effect, just set your oven to 400 degrees and sit in front of the open oven door with a fan blowing on you while you listen to this episode. Hi, everyone i'm sitting here at a picnic table on a windy overlook in the Comanche national grasslands and i'm here today with tim and hunter welcome to the show guys Hi, Mike. thanks for having us so tim warfel and hunter johnson uh we're talking about uh the field trip which is just concluded here and uh also you would call it a herp survey uh, got a group of people come out here to do it, basically do a survey of the area and see what kind of amphibians and reptiles we can come up with. And how many people came to the herp Survey this year?
2: I think we had about 55
1: people that showed up this time around. That's pretty amazing. And, and how, does that, how does that stack up against other trips? Uh, This is the uh, largest attendance we've ever had on a
0: trip. Um, We usually have a good 30, 45 people, but, uh, yeah, when we pulled into
1: the parking lot this time, we thought,
0: wow, (laughs)
1: that's a big gaggle of folks. And so this survey is uh, done through Copark, which is Colorado Partners in Amphibian and Reptile Conservation, correct? Yes. And you guys are the co-chairs for Copark, Correct. Uh, it's actually myself and Andrew who couldn't join us oh, this time, Andrew. but, but okay. Hunter
0: is one of the uh, part of the field trip team, okay. So, okay, and he's
1: been instrumental in putting this together. All right. Now, I knew you were intimately involved in all this, too, so so was surprised at how many people come out here. Um, we are in the southeast corner of Colorado in Otero County, if that's correct, right? Yes, sir. And it is hot as bloody blazes out here. Uh, Not so much today, but the past couple of days, it's been close to 100 degrees, if not over 100 degrees.
2: Yeah, it's been one of the hotter field trips we've had out here. I mean, normally we'll get some low-pressure fronts coming in and keep temps cool a little bit in the 90s, but this time
1: around, it was pretty pretty toasty. Yeah. Today's nice because we have some clouds and a little bit of a breeze, but yesterday, we were baking yesterday. It was a toasty one yesterday.
0: We had some folks that had to go in the river.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, tell me what the goal of this HERP sa- survey is. Who, who benefits from this HERP survey?
0: Well, what we're trying to do is get a long-term data set. Um, we are on year eight of an annual uh, count here. And uh, last year we had 339 observations of 43 species. And uh, our data set has grown every year. And we've got a partnership with CDOT, Colorado Department of Transportation, and uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife and at the end of the year we submit all of our observations to them and
1: they put them in the database. I see. Forty three species sounds amazing for this, this country. When you drive through this country it, it looks bleak and desolate. You might see some pronghorns. I saw some pronghorns this morning crossing the plain. But you you look at it and you go, Yeah, oh, maybe there's a few herps here, but I it's kind of surprising that there's that many herps that you can find in this area. And this one section of Southeast Colorado.
0: Yeah, at first glance, if you were driving by, you really wouldn't think this was a herp haven, but it really is. It's the, the diversity and abundance is incredible in this area.
1: Why don't you guys talk about what kind of herps came up on on the survey this year? I think uh,
2: the, the big, big ones that we like to see this year were the long-nosed snakes, which are pretty common throughout a lot of their range. But in Colorado, they tend to be one of the more rare snakes that we encounter. Same thing with the black net garter snakes in Colorado. They they show up very sporadically um, and in very sh- weird habitats, the canyonland juniper and stuff. And what else? Did Is
1: that had? a garter snake that eats rodents as well as amphibians? or
2: Yeah, it, it definitely seems to be a generalist as it ranges from its uh, vernal pool habitat all the way up to the canyonlands, the short grass prairie, um, even into the... Uh, sand sage that we've got just a little bit to the north of here. So. Uh,
0: you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Hunters is actually known as the smooth soft shell king of Colorado. <laughs> uh, he was uh, partially responsible for the discovery of the smooth soft shell uh, in 2018 on a Co Park field trip. And now he's uh, extended their range through a couple different counties. And um, how many did we get on the trip?
2: This trip, I believe we got one smooth soft shell. In years past, we normally get about one as well, but they're, they're a less common species. But when we have a nice big group out here serving for them, they turn up quite quite easily. And uh, they're a lot of fun. They're really cool animals and they look a lot like the spinies, but yeah. they're very unique and they're habitat specialists. So they're well, interesting I was, animals. I was
1: with the uh, the group yesterday when we we got a spiny soft shell without spines and that was confusing <laughs> and well, that's a smooth. No, it's a spiny. Oh, yeah. There was some smooth. debate over that. Yeah. I wasn't sure uh, myself. And, uh, you know, of course when you look at it for lens of common sense and field guide. It's like, Oh yeah, it's a spiny, but it just doesn't have any spines. So well, and it makes sense why they went undetected for so long,
2: it's because people were finding these, uh, spiny soft shells alongside the smooths most likely where it was, Oh, it's, just got no spines, it's just one of those spineless spinies. And so until yeah. so we actually got to put it on uh, iNaturalist. naturalist, and as we were reviewing some of the records, but as we were inputting data into the permitting process at the end of the year, that uh, we noticed that something was a little off. Something was a little strange about that one. Did a little bit more digging and asked a few experts and turned out to be something really special that I was incredibly blessed to be a part of.
1: No, that's cool. That's cool. It's an exciting story. Whenever you, you find something new, and it, where it's not it's supposed to be, it's a it's kind of a thrilling thing, right?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. it's one of the best moments that I've had in uh, my tenure as a herper ah, to the date.
0: Cool, herper. Hunter. What uh, would you say is the most uh, is the rarest animal here that we we find? the least is it is it the round-tailed horned lizard would you say
2: the round-tailed horned lizards up there speckled king snakes are tough they're they're definitely here uh they just show up in very low numbers they're I cryptic see. animals but round-tailed horned lizard or king snake are probably the yeah, two in this way. area
1: yeah. and um we some prairie rattlesnakes turned up on the trip I think, one or more? Oh, no, they, they're they quite common here. I think
0: when we go through the records, we'll see over a dozen.
1: Yeah, okay. I think, I
0: think right. they've been pretty common on
1: this And year. then somebody got a uh, Desert Massasauga last night.
0: Right outside of camp.
1: Yeah. Um, Apparently I missed it by... A few minutes.
0: (laughs) That's my (laughs) forte.
1: I'm really good at missing stuff by minutes. Well, and that's a great find for down
2: here, too, is because anywhere south of the Arkansas River, their populations have been a little bit in trouble as the droughts hit stronger and stronger every year. Um, So it's always a really great
1: find and really reassuring to see them pop up down here again. Now, you guys operate under permits, so you're not just out here running around willy-nilly, you know, well, we're doing a herp survey. You guys, you know, you have, per- you have to have permits and you have guidelines and, and you're expected to record the animal, let the animal go as you record it. Uh, you're not keeping anything. You're not retaining animals. You're just vouchering them with a photograph and some some notes and, mm-hmm. and then you're putting them in iNaturalist and then you're letting them go.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was, this is my first year applying for a permit through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And as part of Co-Park and under the park umbrella, we really want to make sure we're doing things the correct way, the legal way, the ethical way. And we want to make sure that we promote the herbing practices we want to see conducted in the field by a lot of these people that have never been on a herb trip before. I know when I first started, this was my first herb trip in 2014 was this survey and it taught me a lot about what's expected from herbing in Colorado in the country and how to do it the right way, how to make sure we're doing it legally and doing it so that the animals don't suffer. And so that the people have a great time. And yeah. Given how hot it is out here, you
1: can really screw things up for.
0: for oh yeah. Yeah. Herps. It gets toasty. It. Well, we're lucky in Colorado. We have a great relationship with Colorado parks and wildlife Forest service. We just, um, you know they consider us a partner and um, we have a lot of uh, participation uh, from we have professors housewives little kids couples i mean we get the whole gamut here and everybody seems to have a great time
1: yeah i noticed there's lots of what i call junior herpers here they're out for their first big herb trip and it's funny There, they've got their hooks and some of them got nets and they're running around the countryside <laughs> with hooks and nets and they go 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 it's real exciting yeah, happy to see that, um, and they're they're learning, you know, with their parents and other grown ups are learning, you know, how to do this kind of thing, and how to participate in science, right, and and in conservation, they're learning, they're coming up under this umbrella of conservation and research. Well, we want to be mentors,
0: and yeah. we we get a lot of young herpers on our field trips, and we love having them. We we want more, uh, but we love having young herpers, their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, Couples, Whoever wants to show up, we're going to show them how to herp in Colorado the ethical way, the careful way. And so you'll even let out-of-state people come? Uh, Only special ones. (laughs) But we do allow certain VIPs. And we had many on this trip. We had people from Oklahoma, New Mexico, Illinois. Yeah. uh, People from all over.
1: We heard you might need some help. (laughs) <laughs> well, you did bring your a game mike so thank you yeah nobody finds couches spadefoots like me <laughs> <laughs> well and
0: no one can run from a herd of cows like you either yeah.
1: well yeah there's cows out here folks so. <laughs>
0: that was yeah. fun
1: yeah so you've done other surveys in other parts of colorado too you want to talk a little bit about that places you've gone and uh
2: Yeah. In in years past, we've done a a few different things. Uh, In 2018, notably, we did a survey in Prowers County to the east of here looking for the eastern hognose in Colorado, which has been a notorious species as basically we know it's here, but nobody can find it. And so our goal was to get out and try and document one, if not more. And we were able to pick up second live one in the state and uh a nice shed that was the furthest west they've ever been documented in the state how far into the state it was that? about seven miles is what i remember and uh it was it was really an awesome find it was an awesome trip tons of snakes a lot of people that uh, we hadn't seen
1: before and that was a good one we've also you? that part of the country there's not a lot of places like this where you can go and camp you have to it's mostly agriculture. It's, yeah, agriculture over there, yeah, exactly. And so you, you're driving roads and uh, it's a lot of private property over there, so it's a different kind of Yeah, prospect. you really have
0: to be careful about where you're going because trespassing is really an
1: issue. Yeah. And the other issue that I, I see with this is you've got a species that Colorado suspects, and I speak of Colorado as the, you know, your DNR, or your, your folks that are in charge of taking care of your wildlife. They suspect the hognose might be in, in the state. Now they know the hog nose is in the state, and so now uh, you have to have a, a conservation plan, or you have to add it to your list of animals uh, that you know. So all your all your your documents have to be updated and things like that to yeah. in, include this new species. So it's 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 not just sort of a, a one off. It's kind of a big deal because then the state has to embrace it officially as an animal that occurs in the state. Yeah,
0: there has to be uh, you know a plan for its you know, not necessarily protection, but Um, You know, that's at the very fringe of their range and we do want to protect that and we do want to have data on what's going on with them.
2: And it's the same thing with some of the state park surveys we've done in years past as well where we have state parks that are located in urbanized areas like south of Denver. We did Chatfield Reservoir State Park a few years ago and that's kind of one that's pretty isolated in its populations of reptiles and amphibians. So that's a really important one to make sure they know what's there. And uh, what areas they're in so that as they continue to develop that state park for more people that we're able to consider the herps in that management plan
1: okay and so I guess you have you would consider a good working relationship
0: yeah
2: yes. I would say so uh, we try and partner with as many different groups as possible to achieve as many different herb conservation goals as we can private groups nonprofits the state National level, we've done stuff with Co-Park. And
0: yeah, we've been requested by um, many different agencies, NPS, uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Forest Service. A lot of these uh, outfits have approached us and requested surveys because they know uh, we have great
1: manpower and a lot of talent. And we bring good data. Yeah. And, and they like that. That's awesome. If you're new to herping, you want to get in herping, these are the kind of things you want to participate in. Because this is how you you get to know people. People get to know you. This is how you get to learn how this is done. And this is how you get to feel your way into a group of people that are are not just out here for the chills and thrills. They're also trying to give back. Absolutely.
0: And that's a big part of Copark.
2: So basically how I got involved with Copark was my mom was freaked out because I told her one day I wanted to go look for a rattlesnake. I wanted to see a rattlesnake. And uh, so it began like, like every normal parent, she said, not a chance. Right. So she did a little bit of research online to try and find somebody who would be willing to take me to find a rattlesnake and actually knew what they were doing. And she found Copark. And so my first ever herping trip was the 2014 Copark Otero County survey, which is where we are right now, except seven years ago, I believe. And it was incredible. I was a 12 year old back then and I was real young. I had no clue what I was doing. I was that kid running around with the hook in the net, (laughs) trying to grab anything and everything I can. I was jumping in juniper trees, trying to grab a coach whip and-
0: He totally was too. (laughs) I was
2: having a blast and I'm still having a blast to this day, but it really shaped me as a herper and got me involved with great people like Tim and Joe Ehrenberger and Kevin Urbanic, and all these people that in Colorado, Smet Logic, Rob and Nick Kreutzer, those guys. Co-Park yes. Legends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been incredible, and it taught me a lot about what's expected, how to be the best herper you can be, both in the field and as a model for other people, those young guys as they come up too, so that you can keep inspiring people to do the right thing, get involved in science, the science aspect of it, which is huge. And I've been documenting all my finds on Hurt mapper and doing things like this for excellent ever since. And it's, it's you
1: don't have to be a science scientist to do science. No, absolutely not. And uh,
2: I mean, I'm just a college student now. So it's, it's really just about getting the right opportunities. And if you have the chance with your Herpetological society, or a park organization, or anything like that, absolutely take it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always try to tell people: bio Blitz is herp, so just Google it and find something in your area and go see, or go hang out with the birders and do, you know, get into it that way too. There's all kinds of ways of doing this. Bio Blitz is all over the country and herb surveys. I've never been to a bad mm-hmm. one yet. No, no, it's it's always fun. You make new friends, and
0: it seems to attract good folks. Yeah. That type of activity.
1: So my first Herb Survey in Colorado was in 2010. I, four uh, Corners. Four Corners. And I I think maybe, Tim, we had already met before that. Maybe it's Snake Road, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was and, Snake Road. And uh, I can't recall how I got roped into coming out to Four Corners. I think I called you from my kitchen. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. So, so we, I, I flew out to denver and daniel dyke flew out uh from florida to denver and you picked us up and we drove up we drove west crossed over the rockies and then got somewhere in the foothills on the other side and pulled over and slept on the side of the road and i was never so cold and <laughs> my <laughs> it was a chilly was, night that night i was freezing in my sleeping bag and uh, but i woke up and there was this glorious you know mountain vistas and whatnot it was very cool and then we went uh, further west and south down into the four corners area which is where arizona utah colorado and new mexico all come together we did a herb survey down there and uh had a whale of a time and there was quite a few people on that trip we uh camped out next to an indian burial mound uh it was like the start of some bad movie with the permission of the owners right but it was it was just all kinds of different for me The survey went well. We found lots of really cool uh, herps out there. And uh, that part of Colorado has some fringe species that barely enter it into the the glossy snake that I think that barely gets into Colorado there. California king uh, King snake, Mesa Verde Verde night snake. There's some fun stuff down there. We had a good time. We went to Mesa Verde and, and had a good time there. And and so that was that really kind of uh, it wasn't my it was my first herb survey, but it was kind of my first where I went somewhere else out of, you know, out of my state and out of my comfort zone. And just and uh, and then somewhere along the way, Tim, you, you said, hey, you want to go to Mexico? <laughs> That's and That's where it all started. Yeah, and then some might. other things happened after that. But it was a good time. And I think and I know Daniel had a good time and. I met uh, uh, some other cool uh, Colorado people for the first time. So I uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, you, you're doing it for a good cause, You can also have a great time on these things. You know.
2: We have amazing times. I've never had a dull moment on these trips. They're. A blast! You get to meet some crazy people. The, the stories you get to tell when you're all hanging out for dinner or anything like that, it's, it's so much fun. And some of the best moments are the ones even when you're not herping. Some of the snakes sometimes get lost in the, the excitement and the fun you get to have with a lot of these great people out here.
0: Yeah, you really can't say enough about the camaraderie uh, and the knowledge that's shared. I mean, really, just that that exchange of knowledge and and just being among friends. I don't think
1: there's anything better in the world to me. Yeah, the community's good. What other places do you guys do surveys for? the cove park umbrella you have other places in the
0: state uh we'll go anywhere we've gone to all four
1: corners of colorado we've done dinosaur
0: in the northwest we've done four corners in the southwest we've done ray and um uh, the republican river drainage in the northeast and we've even done Baca in the southeast which uh if anybody's ever been down there ain't no sunshine down there there's very little public land access so really it's difficult herping down there but uh but tons of fun and, um, yeah, we'll go
1: anywhere wh- where we feel there's a need. I've been down Baca. Yeah, Baca's great. Uh, Picnic Canyon? Uh, Picture. Picture, Picture, Picture canyon. canyon, that's it. Picture Canyon did
0: that. Uh, that's yeah, a, that's a that's a great, a sand canyon, Carrizo. Yeah. Uh, some great stuff down
1: uh, there. If you're interested in, what would you, what would you call it, early American archaeology? Oh, yeah. There's some great places here. Um. Uh, uh, pic, uh, picture canyon is is got some great petroglyphs and uh rock art that that i i was just amazed by of course where we're at now we're in the comanche national grasslands and there's a uh, we're near uh vogel canyon we're on the edge of vogel canyon some miles up the road is is uh canyon and i've been here before because i i Made it. I had to go to Denver for a work conference, and I thought, what's cool that I can go see while I'm out there? And uh, found this thing about uh, Picket Canyon and Dinosaur Trackway, and I'm like, I'm going to go do that. So uh, I drove man. out here from Denver, <laughs> managed to find out how to get there and where to go, took an extreme amount of water with me, and it was July, and I uh, had my big floppy hat and I had long sleeves, and I walked, you know, it's about an 11-mile trek down there. And and back, so uh, uh,
0: we're not advocating that in July. <laughs> no, by the way,
1: it was really dumb. But I walked <laughs> down there and I got to see the dinosaur uh, trackway, which is uh, the brontosaurs or a Oh, it's a fascinating area. Are. There's some theropods and sauropod sor- tracks in in the in the, ro- the bedrock of the Purgatoire River. It was just awesome, and uh, some uh, great uh, pictographs and rock art down there too. So it was just an amazing time. So this. This area is really cool. It kind of grabs you. It, really, it looks I, barren, but it's just got some so many cool things that going on here. Yeah, I think time
0: stands still out here. I mean, really, this is the old west. If it if it does survive anywhere, it's it's out here.
1: Yeah, and probably three or four hundred feet behind me, radio behind, there's uh, wagon ruts from an old out out branch of the Santa Fe Trail. Yep uh where you know folks came west out with their with their wagons so yeah a lot of history out here too so so what's in the future for you guys just more trips
0: that's a great question uh we're just going to start talking about our fall trip uh we're probably going to end up somewhere in eastern colorado we don't know where yet uh, but there are still a few herp mysteries in colorado to be unraveled and uh, that's what we love in copark we love herp mysteries so I know Hunter has that same hunger that I do.
2: <laughs> I do. We have been having some fun lately out on our own chasing those herb mysteries. But it's, yeah. it's definitely a lot a lot easier when you have a big survey effort. The more people you have, the easier it is to solve those mysteries. So Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be doing this again next year. So that'll be fun. Hopefully add a Springfield trip as well. And, uh, yeah, just trying to give people as many opportunities.
1: Springfield or Springfield.
2: Springfield trip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no.
1: We're going to Springfield. Yeah.
2: No. Not not going to go all the way I'm out gonna to Illinois. I want to make sure that's clear. Yeah. 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 Or there's Springfield, Colorado. I've actually
1: done a Herb Survey in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, nice.
2: Just so you know yeah got a bird
0: king well so. we also have <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that would be nice to find
0: yeah we also have good relationships with neighboring herb societies and next year there's talk of a joint trip with uh khs kansas herb society uh which we we have great relationships with them and travis and all those folks out there we love getting together with
1: them and, and having a joint uh, party slash survey and that's that's always fun yeah tim and you and i met in kansas uh Whenever that was back in the aughts, yeah, that was over a dozen years ago. Yeah, and uh, did did some survey work out there in western Kansas around Hayes. That was pretty pretty fun. Yeah, we the
0: KHS folks were are big fans of them, and uh, we we try to see them whenever we can.
1: So, uh, for other folks out here in Colorado or in the surrounding area that want to get involved, how do they find out about these trips? How do you how do they get in? in touch with people what's the best way the best way to do it is probably going to be through our facebook page which is copark or at c o p a r c
2: correct right. and then we also have a website All correct and we have a website as well and we have an emailing list that you can get on if you contact us at the website or is on it the
1: copark.org yes it is okay. it is indeed all right. Yeah. So this isn't just an exclusive thing. If you want to come out and help out and see what it's all about. No.
0: If you have a passion for, and it really doesn't even have to be for reptiles and amphibians, although you know, most of our membership have that. But if you just love being outdoors and being around like-minded people, we love folks to just show up. Bring your kids. <laughs> bring, yeah. bring everybody. Yeah. You can yeah. be.
2: You can be an expert in some rare snake species and have a great time or you can be like i was just a kid with his awesome parents and out here having a blast so it's anybody is welcome and we love seeing and meeting everybody
1: so cool what else do we want to talk about here in this beautiful place i mean i i the vista folks on if you could see what i'm seeing right now it's just amazing out here um is this one of your favorite places to come or absolutely
2: this is this is a special place for me it's really what kicked me into the herping community and the herping in general more than just finding bull snakes and garter snakes in the field behind my house this is a special area as soon as you hit that that 109 when you go drop into the canyon lands and just go you it just opens up into this beautiful prairie that's not just
0: flat and dry and desolate it's this is a special area for sure. There's something about the canyon lands in southeast Colorado that just the, the herp diversity is high, and uh, I don't know that we we know what causes that. But um, yeah, the do you know the the species total down here?
2: Oh, we're it's probably close to 50 species down here. Or reptiles and amphibians. Reptiles and amphibians, rare and non-rare. Is
1: is the fact that there's these canyons with with water that keeps the the total higher I'm sure that's got a
0: lot. yeah you have a it. lot of little oases
1: in these canyons and that attracts a, a number of, of herb species but you also have an invade at least one invasive right Unfortunately, yeah, bullfrogs yes. yeah the bullfrogs are a huge problem out here for a lot
2: of the more sensitive species the leopard frogs the blackneck garters formerly in Colorado the ribbon snake uh, those kinds of things they struggle with the bullfrogs so It's always interesting to try and document species like that as well that have a tendency to disappear and then show up again and then disappear and then show up again and see if there's actually a reason for that or if the bullfrogs are playing a part.
1: Are you guys involved in any bullfrog eradication efforts?
2: We have not yet gotten into that kind of thing just because we try and keep it a very family-friendly trip when we do come down here. If we can get the permits applied for... Earlier in the year, there is chance we could add that because there are members in the group that would be willing to help with the bullfrog eradication. But because of um, how we've been able to get our permitting submitted in the past few years, we've just been able to
1: do herp surveys. So I see. Yeah. But it seems like that's something that has to be done at some point.
0: Yeah. We think co Park does want to be involved in that. We just want to be tactful about it. We don't want to, to be whacking bullfrogs against rocks in front of little kids. Right, right. <laughs> So right. uh, there, we, there we are just more want the main ways of we doing. We want to be things. smart about yeah.
2: it, yeah. Yeah, we want to make sure we're doing it the right way with all the right permissions, right. and Stuff yeah. like that because it is still public lands that
0: we are going to be working on. And,
1: and right. I know you you fight these things around the Denver area as well, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. And, a and significant and problem. problem. At our last Co-Park meeting, there were some new methods uh, introduced, or, or at least you know talked about that seem to be quite effective
1: in controlling bullfrogs and we're we're kind of starting to explore that it, I, I think i remember this wasn't it wasn't some drain pond draining involved yeah in, correct in they have
0: to they have to totally drain the pond and then remove all the cattails and re and make uh vegetation native vegetation for uh you know the leopard frogs that belong there
1: yeah and, the cattails don't belong there Either. Yeah, they choke out the pond they and they, the made, pond. they make bullfrog happen. And when you drain the pond, you also get rid of the tadpoles, the bullfrog tadpoles, yeah, which are have to have enormously that. difficult to get rid of. Yeah. We've got a little bit of that going on down here
2: naturally as we've come into one of our really bad drought spells in southeast Colorado where all the vernal pools and stuff are starting to dry up. And we're seeing the bullfrogs kind of seem to, their numbers seem to be dropping off and the leopard frogs that are able to survive in the drier conditions with the
0: temporary pools are seeming to. Make, make come back. Move
1: back in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, if there's, if there's a body of water. The bullfrogs are going to rule that body of water. But
0: yeah, yeah you know, I was they, pretty pleased with the amount of, uh, Plains leopard frogs we saw just this weekend. Um, you know, we, we thought the bullfrogs had really taken a firm hold and, and done a number on them, but I saw quite a few, uh, Blair, Eye
1: um,
0: walking around this weekend. So they're, they're still yeah. hanging on. The bullfrogs haven't totally taken
1: them out. Correct. Good. Good. I didn't see any of those, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> Next time, next, next time. time. It just gives yeah. you a reason. to come I saw back. all the couches spadefoots. So. Oh, <laughs> there you go. All of them in the county, <laughs> didn't you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at those. Uh, but I like taking pictures of those on the road before I move them off. they are just no ugly couches spadefoots. Oh, great, great right little, great, uh-huh. great little, great little animals. And you put your cell phone up, and if you get your flashlight shaded just right, you can get these great shots. And them on social media and just knock people's socks off with them oh yeah so photogenic
2: they're super cool because in colorado there's only this one little pocket of them right around where we are and they're super common here but then you go anywhere else in the state or even around it oh really not there yeah okay there's a a
0: strange little pocket right now is that the
1: same thing for the the green toads the dibilis uh they're a little more widespread but they, they? they are
0: um you know, isolated to a degree.
1: So last night we uh, we visited a so we visited a small cattle tank, uh, and we could hear in the distance we could hear little, you know, chirping, buzzing calls, the green toads, and uh, the, the cows are moving and they're uh, moving around uh, on the other side of the cattle tank, which is just a big pond for those of you out east. It's it's not a tank, um, but uh, managed to get some shots of. Green for uh, the green toads, and uh, hopefully I got a couple of shots of them calling. It's kind of difficult to to uh, kneel on the bank of a of a cattle tank, which is basically covered with cow crab. <laughs> and a little slick too. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I don't want to fall in there because that's that's not good. But it was interesting too because along the shoreline of, of that the tank were a bunch of uh, plains garter snakes, fist radix, just cruising along, and you know they're they're trying to pick off those those green toads. That they're not really in there for anything else, unless there's leopard frogs in there, maybe. We didn't see any of those, but uh, that was kind of an interesting night because the the plains garden snakes where I live, they don't they don't eat frogs. They're worm eaters and they're they're kind of small. And there's a thirty inch plains garter snake right in front of me, you know, cruising around in this nasty cow water. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a surreal experience. There were a few chunky ones in there. Yeah, 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 and obviously they're big and fat on frogs, so. Of course, then one uh, bull came through the, the gate and uh, started hollering at me and, and, and uh, moving very rapidly <laughs> towards you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know much about cows, but I, I know when I should get out of there. <laughs> so, so that was great. So I, I uh, managed to get out of the other out of his way. But uh, yeah, so that was quite an adventure too. Part so. of the Southeast Colorado experience is yeah, ab- getting chased by a bull. Absolutely, is. So I'm not the only one who's been chased by a bull. Yeah.
0: So so Mike, as an outsider. Um, or as a non, you know, regular co-park member, how,
1: how did the survey look to you? Uh, it, it was, um, I was very surprised at the turnout. Usually with herp surveys, you get this, this of dedicated people. What what I really liked about it was all the the kids involved and the kids were, they were into it and they understood what was going on, you know? And we love kids. We say more kids, the better. Yeah. We're talking eight and 10 year olds. And uh, well, our, our, your youngest kid was three, three, almost four. She had um, her first rattlesnake. Um, right, Ryan Borgman's daughter, Cambria, was is going to be four, and she saw her first horned toad, and uh, horned lizard. Sorry, and her <laughs> first uh, rattlesnake, and uh, she wouldn't stop talking about it. So that was kind of kind of fun too. So I was just kind of surprised by the big spectrum of folks that came out here to help out, and of course you have a lot of a lot of the young and upcoming herpers, you know, hunter's age that are, um, you know, it, well, been involved in are and they're, they're really good at, at finding stuff and they range across the countryside and, and cover lots of ground. So that was kind of, it was just a, a great, for me, it was a great, uh, event just to sort of sit back and watch. And I think I'll post, uh, in the show notes, I'll probably post a picture of just a, a, a shot of the group that I took from afar because, uh, just amazed at the, at the good turnout and and the good par- participation. But I guess the heat, with heat yesterday, knocked a few people out. But that's kind of to be expected. It was it yeah, was brutal that, here yesterday. It
0: happens every year when you get a hundred plus and you have you don't have a hotel. That's that's a rough day.
1: Yeah. Now I I got a hotel. <laughs> that's okay. I, I I'll camp and I I often camp. But uh, I was so tired because it's a 15-hour drive from my house. Oh yeah, you had a long trip. And I don't. Where's my trophy? Because I came the furthest. You did. <laughs> you, you, you. We'll get you a copart shirt. Where's my shirt, trophy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but uh, there's. You can stay in. Uh, La Junta is the nearest city. You can stay in La Junta and uh, it got some nice hotels. I stayed at the Stagecoach. It's a motel. famous Herper Hotel. Got some birds calling off to the right here. Radio right quite sure what they are but they're awful noisy oh look there it is there's a uh Shrike bouncing around too but i don't know if i'm yeah. making that call uh, i see a mockingbird it's quite loud <laughs> anyway uh so you can you can stay in town or you can camp out here in the middle of the, of the, of the grasslands and i have to say that the stars at night are pretty good it's, unforgettable it's uh not quite zero light pollution you get a little light pollution from la junta in one direction but otherwise it's it's great you know you can really see the milky way what else can i say to promote this <laughs> <laughs> we have fun at co-park we love having
0: visitors and yeah we love having friends come by and say hello
1: i think it speaks best
0: for itself
2: give it a shot you know if you come once and you don't have one of the best times of your summer or spring or fall then we can't help you yeah there's <laughs> there's not much we can do for you but uh I've, I'm almost guaranteeing you will so yeah Colorado has a lot to offer yes it's very underrated it's got a lot of really cool natural history and uh, scenic touring that you can do during the heat of the day when the herps aren't necessarily great so the herps out here
1: are pretty awesome too yeah um, those blackneck garters out here are are spectacular
2: they're uh, smoking yeah some tasty uh, burgers
1: and the fact that they you know they <laughs> yeah they don't stick necessarily to the waterways you know, No, they'll, they'll range no. like we we found one here uh here at the vogel canyon picnic site we found one cruising around near the the restroom and that is probably a good two or three hundred yards from any kind of water yeah they'll so, range pretty far from from permanent water yeah so that, that was interesting to see so there's always something new or animal, you know, you sort of have these expectations of what what creatures should be doing and where they should be at, and you know, if you pay attention, you'll find that you know that's not necessarily what's what's really going on with them. Also, you have line snakes out here, Tropidocolonian lineatum, which is diminutive and yet one of my favorite snakes. Um, so that was kind of cool that that they also show up here on occasion.
0: And uh, you don't really think of them as an arid species. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, they turn like a prairie species, yeah. More than, uh, and this would be this would be a arid grassland, I guess you would call this. Uh, but I guess they they do okay here. They hang on out here, and I don't know if they're common in this area of Colorado, but they're here, right? And, I would I would call them a common species in they, this little area, yes. And you have a tantilla, um, which my first trip out here had a big rain, and there were just dozens of them on the road drinking water off the blacktop. Uh, after the rain. That Tell was me you cool. got a picture of that. I, yeah, somewhere I do have some pictures of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. So they're, they're not great pictures. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, uh, so I don't know what else, what else do you want to say before we go? Uh, first of all, it was just great to always great to see you guys again and herp with you. So absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate being able to come out here and, uh, participate in this too. And, uh, just kind of hang out. And I really just appreciate the event a lot more than, it's not just the herping it's also the folks i get to hang out with and just watching the whole the whole thing in motion you know it's like a it's just juggernaut just rolling on you know people coming out here and they know exactly what they're going to do and they just get to it and they go find the herps and make their their records and 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 everybody packs up and goes home so yeah, yeah we have a great group in colorado <laughs> we really uh, love all
0: of the people that show up here and we try to be very inclusive. And, and Mike, you know, you've
1: got a perpetual invite, so I uh, <laughs> okay. show up anytime. All right. All right. Thank you so much. I think we'll, we'll close it there unless you have anything else to say. I think
2: we're good, but thanks for having All
1: us. Right. Thanks, cool. Mike. That's it for episode 10. I want to thank my friends, Tim and Hunter. Sitting down with me at the end of a long weekend to talk about the survey, and I appreciate getting an episode out of the trip. But really, guys, mics on or off, I really enjoyed talking to you. And so, folks, see the show notes for more information on Co Park and related material. And as always, thanks to everyone for your comments, your suggestions, funny memes, and everything else that folks have been posting this week. I really appreciate the support, and I continue to have fun with this project, and I hope you do too. Just a couple things before I go. You can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at so and you can join the So Much Pingle Facebook group. And you can also email me directly at so at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, please take care of yourselves, and don't forget to hurt better.